Thank you for joining us today. I'm Pastor Hagen Lister here at Word of Faith Outreach Center in Joaquin, Texas. If you'd like to join us in person, all of our service times, contact information, and a map to our physical location is on our website. That's www.woftx.com. You can also watch past live streams or watch us live on our Facebook page, WFTX. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Let's go and get into uh, uh, John, the 14th chapter, if you will. Last week, we were preaching a a message called Jesus the Healer. And um, even if you don't need healing in your life right now, as far as physical healing, I mean, you know, we we need different kinds of healings, right? It's not just always physical, uh, as far as like uh, you you have an illness or um, you have some kind of a... um, you know, uh, some kind of uh, disease or something like that. But how do you know that there's a, there's a lot of mental illness these days? Amen? And, uh, and not only, um, uh, you know, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I'm probably the only mentally ill person in this room. No, I'm, I'm joking. But um, not joking about that. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. Uh, but, you know, we, we do. We deal with people all the time. And, and not only that, I think that we can, because of the way the world is these days, I mean, uh, things can trigger us and put us in places in our mind uh, that aren't good, right? And, uh, and so uh, healing is, is for the uh, spirit, soul, and body, amen? And not only that, we can be emotionally wounded too. You know, we can, we can go around and actually it can affect our lives because of that. So don't just, uh, don't just label this message just as far as maybe physical healings um, because, uh, because we need healing in all of our areas. He said he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers, Amen. And so that's healing all the way around. Uh, but in uh, John, the 14th chapter, we got into this last week. I'm just going to kind of uh, run through some of this. Uh, the ninth verse, Jesus said unto him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? Uh, he who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak to you? I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And so you've got one of the disciples here, Philip, and apparently, you know, Jesus, uh, it, it almost kind of seems like one of those things where, um, you know, you, you think somebody's catching, catching it, you know, you think they're getting it, and then all of a sudden somebody asks a, a dumb question, and uh, Philip goes like, well, show us the Father. And Jesus is like, uh, excuse me? What? Have you been with me so long, Philip, that you don't know that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? And he goes, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Or if you don't believe that, at least believe because of the works that you've seen. Because I'm doing those works because of him, right? And we kind of went over some false teaching or some false believing. And uh, some of those are, uh, some people say, well, God put this sickness on me for some kind of greater purpose or to teach me a lesson. And that's some of the things that people kind of try to explain away. Why am I sick or why is this happening to me, so to speak? But if we're going to look at, um, you know, the will of God, we need to look at Jesus's ministry. And so looking into Jesus's earthly ministry, we went over a couple of different healings uh, in the Bible. There's actually about 40, 30 to 40 individual healings that, that are in the Bible. Of course, John in the 21st chapter, uh, one of the last things that, that was said was that um, there were so many healings that Jesus did that if they were all written down here, one of them is in Matthew, the eighth chapter. It's the uh, second Uh, in the third verse, and it's uh, the leper being healed. And it says, behold, a leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, 
be cleansed, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And the reason why I'm going to do three and, and just to kind of give you a variety of, of, of different ways that people were healed is to show you that how some people want to attach a doctrine to the way someone's healed rather than looking at the one who was the healer. Amen. And so right here, uh, you know, if you want to attach a doctrine and people have attached this doctrine, you know what this, this is the doctrine of? Well, if it's God's will to heal you, then he'll heal you. If it's not, then he won't. Why? Because of this leper. This leper said, because why? The leper was using as much faith as he had. He knew that Jesus could heal. He had seen him heal. He understood that Jesus could heal. His question was, if you are willing to. What did Jesus say? I am. How many know God's no respecter of person? If he's willing to heal this leper, then he is willing to heal anybody, right? And so, uh, then let's go to the, um, the ninth chapter of, of Matthew. And we'll read about a couple more there in the ninth chapter. Probably quote them, but I'm going to read them. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Uh, the 20th verse. It's a woman with the issue of blood. Said, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he, had, when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that very hour when Jesus came into the ruler's house. We're going to go, uh, we'll stop right there. Uh, of course, this is a little bit longer of a story, but just to kind of give a reference there. This woman, uh, she's, she's exhausted all of her, expen- uh, all of her money. She's, a, she's been 12 years uh, with, with this issue, and, and she's not any better, and she's broke, and she's poor, and now, and, and uh, she hears about Jesus, and then she sees Jesus coming, and she says to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made, heal- I'll be, be made whole, right? And so, and she was, of course, you know, other, other uh, parts that's recorded here, it says that he, that he felt power being drawn from him, basically, because he asked, who touched me? And every, and of course, his disciples said, everybody's touching you. You're in a crowd. And he said, no, 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 somebody touched me. And when he saw her, he said, your faith has made you whole. Okay. So now, uh, just establishing some things, we've got a leper who comes to Jesus and says, if you're willing, Jesus says, I'm willing, and he heals him. And we have a lady who's been sick for 12 years. She says to herself, if I can touch him, then I'll be made whole, and, and, she, and, and she's whole. Now, going to the 27th uh, verse of Matthew, the ninth chapter, it says, when Jesus departed from there to, so we're doubling up now, we're getting twofers. Uh, we got uh, Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came, came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them. And, and of course, he goes into some, asking them not to tell anybody uh, about it because his hour wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't time yet. And, uh, and so you have these three instances here that, that uh, the only common denominator is, is that they were all healed and that they were all healed by who? Jesus, right? But the way they were healed were all different. And here's where I think we get it mis- mixed up at the, as, a, as a church. We, we get our eyes off of having faith in God that he is the healer and that he does heal. And we begin to get our faith on how he healed. 
And there's not really a whole lot of common denominators in any of these healings except for Jesus being able to heal and the person having faith that he could heal. Amen? Because the first guy, he says, if you're willing, he says, I'm willing, and he heals him. The woman, she says, if I can touch his garment, then I'll touch his garment, I'll be healed. She was healed. The two blind men, they begin to call out to him. They go into the house where he's sitting, and they touch him, or, or Jesus touches him, and, they, and they're healed. And so here's what we do. We'll say, uh, we'll become uh, the first church of the leper. And we'll say, well, if Jesus is going to heal, it's got to be his will. You got to ask him if he's willing. And if you don't get healed, then I guess it wasn't his will. If you do get healed, it was his will. And that's how you get healed. That's the only way you get healed because that's the way our founder got healed. And then you got the first church of the woman with the issue of blood. And they said, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. We get healed by touching his garment. So unless you, you know, tarry for 12 years... And spend everything you got. Then you can touch his garment. And then you'll get healed. And that becomes a doctrine. And then you, then you got the, blind, the first church of the blind man. And they'll say, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You got to cry out to him. You got to call out to him. And then you got to find him. You got to go into a house where he's at. And then he'll touch you and heal you. Right? None of that mattered. What matters is their faith was that Jesus was the healer. They didn't care about how. They just knew he would. Amen? Is this okay? But here's some things that you don't see. You never once see Jesus turn anyone away to suffer for a greater purpose or testimony. So that, so that doctrine is out the window. Because if Jesus was going to turn somebody away, if God was going to allow people to suffer in sickness for a greater purpose or testimony, wouldn't you think Jesus would at least ran into somebody and say, no, not you. You, you've got to be, you, I, want you to, I want you to go and just stay sick for my greater purpose, for my glory. That's not how God works. We don't see that. You never see Jesus leave someone sick to teach them a lesson. Never once. The closest we get to Jesus almost going to leave someone sick is when the woman came and begged him to heal her daughter. And he says, it's not for me to give the bread of the children to the dogs. But the woman came right back and said, yeah, but even dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. It melted Jesus' heart, and he said, I've never seen faith like this. Your daughter's healed. She's whole. So all these theories that we make up are basically based on the fact that good people got sick. Different than the Scripture, we can't make up doctrines that go against the Scripture. Come on. But that's what we want to do because we want to reason out in our mind, how did this happen? Well, it must have happened because God just, you know, he had a greater... Now, now listen, something bad happens to us. God is able to take it and make it a testimony. But he didn't do it for a testimony. Because the, the, the main problem with that is, is that we're pinning it on God as if he did it. As if he did that. God doesn't possess sickness. That's not of him. Amen? If you want to know what God is like, we have to look at Jesus. John uh, 1, 1 and 2, and then verse 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and we know the Word is Jesus. Every time it says in this scripture, or in this uh, passage right here, the Word, it's talking of Jesus because it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. And then verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, who was the one part of the Godhead that came and dwelt among us? That's Jesus, right? So we can, we can go back and we can say in the beginning was Jesus. 
And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and, the, and Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and, be, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So if we want to know what God's will and desire is for his people, we have to look at what Jesus did. Because Jesus was the walking, talking will of God. And everything that we saw Jesus do, that was the, that, that's, that's God. That's his personality. That's what he wants to do even now. Amen? And the reason why we can say that is because when Jesus was leaving, he says, you're going to do the works that I did in greater. So it wasn't that the will of God through Jesus stopped the day that he left here. It actually got multiplied through the believers that are, that are, that are saved through the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. Amen? Um, John six thirty eight. Jesus said this, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Even when he's in the garden and he's praying the night before he, he goes to the cross, before he's betrayed, he's, he's, he's praying. And, and of course we, we've all gotten that, uh, we've all heard that uh, message where he's praying so hard that ba- basically his sweat begins to turn to blood. And he begins to sweat blood. And uh, he's asking God for this cup to pass from him. And he says, but nevertheless, not what? My will, but yours be done. Jesus was doing the will of the Father. Did you ever see, uh, notice that Jesus never went, went around making anybody sick? He flipped over a couple tables. But he never walked up to somebody and says, you know what? Sickness. Did he? If it was the will of God, if God, if God was going to make people sick, don't you think? I wanted Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing bad. Is that what it says? Who went about doing what? Good. And making people sick. Out of his goodness. No, no, no. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was what? With him. Well, if we want to give credit to someone for making people sick, we ought to give credit where credit's due, right? John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes to give life and life more abundantly. Amen? I can't tell you how many funerals I've been to. I can't tell you how many people I've been around where where the the people say, well, you know, I just... uh, You know, God just saw it fit that this is the way they were supposed to go. I'm like, no. No, 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 that's, that's, that was the devil. Let's give credit where credit is due. We're not going to give that credit to God. The New Living Translation of 2 Corinthians 4.4, it says this. It says that Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. I want you to pay attention to two parts of that scripture. The first is it says that Satan, who is the God of this world. You know, people miss, miss that a lot. You know, and, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not against the, the, the nursery rhyme. He's got the, the, the whole world in his hands because ultimately God does have the whole world in his hands, okay? I'm not, I'm not against that or anything like that. But what, I, but what I will say in this dispensation that we are in, not because it's the way God wanted it, it's because of the transgression uh, of, of Adam and Eve, of, of humans, that uh, transferred the authority that God gave Adam and Eve into Satan's hands, he became the God of this world for a time, and I believe that time is getting 
really, really slim. Uh, we're, we're getting back to the place where, where God's about to have all powerful control over all this. So I thought God was all powerful. God is all powerful, but God limited himself by the will of man. That's how, that's how awesome he is that he could have usurped it, but if he would have usurped it, he would have went back on something that he, that he said. And God's not a, a God that would lie, and God's not a God that would be mocked. That's what he says in his word. He's always going to go through with what he did. But what God is so good at and what he's so smart about, and this is what I want to show you, is that even though when Adam and Eve fell, when they sinned, it introduced sin into the world, but not only introduced sin into the world, but it actually made Satan the ruler of this world for a time being. God, through his infinite, he gave us loopholes through the gospel. Come on now. Because if we, if we say, well, if, God, if Satan's the God of this world and he's got sickness, and, and I guess, why do we even pray then? The reason why we pray is because we're believers and because God gave us loopholes through Jesus. Come on now. We're in the world now. We're not of it. I'll show you this. Um, John 17, 14 through 16. Watch this. This is the loophole as a believer. I have given them your word... And the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Talking about Jesus. And this is what he says. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Come on. We shouldn't want to be out of the world before our time. And the reason why is not just so we can enjoy the pleasures of this world. Because, I mean, you know, the world that we really belong to, uh, we don't know. We can only fathom uh, that, that the pleasures that are a part of the world that we do actually belong to are far greater. But a lot of times people want that extra time here on the earth because, you know, and it's not a bad thing to want this, but they want to see their kids grow up and they want to see their kids get married and they want to grow old with their partner and, you know, all these, and none of that's a bad thing. None of that's a bad thing. But the, but the biggest reason why we should not want to be taken out of this world early is so that we can do damage to the kingdom of Satan and so that we can populate heaven. Amen. So this is what Jesus is saying. He says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Just as I am not of this world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Loophole. He has no authority in the believer's life because of of Jesus's defeat of him. He said, and he's asking, he's saying, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Verse 16, they are not of this world just as I am not of this world. We don't have to participate in the things that plague this world because we're not of it. You know, people want to accuse God of accidents. They want to accuse him of sicknesses, deaths of loved ones. You know, he's not the author of any of it. I said this last week, even the insurance company gives God credit for all that. You know, a tornado comes through, a hurricane comes through, they call it an act of God. It's in their their paperwork. Act of God insurance. Well, as long as they would just put a lowercase g and say, act of God of this world. Not the God of heaven and earth and the universe and God the Father, God the Son, God the... Not, that's the one they mean, but not that one. He's, they're not in charge of it, right? You know, we talked about this last week in Luke, the 8th chapter. Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat. A great storm came up. 
And if you actually go and study the, 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 the Greek behind all of that, you know, a lot of times we think that, you know, they were out here on Toledo Bend and some waves kind of started coming up. And, and that's, that's enough. I've been on Toledo Bend when, uh, in a little bitty boat and waves got kicked up and it, it's, a little, it's a little sketchy. But this now, this was something different. This was like, like a hurricane out of nowhere, just rose up. I mean, to the point where they're in a, they're in a ship because he's in the bottom of it sleeping and the, the disciples are afraid they're going to die because water is coming in the boat. And Jesus, he, she, he goes out and he rebukes the wind and the waves. Right? He says, peace be still. So God's not the sender of storms. He's the rebuker of storms. Come on. Not coy. He's not, he's not playing around. He's not, he's not being sarcastic to them. He would never rebuke them for something that they could not do. But he was looking at them saying, you should have been able to do that. Well, if, they, if, they should, if he would have looked at them, if he looked at them and said that, how many of you know he looks at us and says, why aren't you speaking to that storm in your life? Why aren't you speaking to that sickness in your life? Why aren't you speaking to that situation in your life? He'll have mercy on us. Just like he had mercy on them. But Jesus is into, as the old saying goes, teaching you how to fish, not just supplying fish to you. Why? Because he knows that the more that you're uh, not independent of him, but the more that you understand that, the, that you have the authority that he had while he was here on the earth to speak to things like that, the more he understands that you can do damage to the kingdom of Satan and that you can populate heaven. But if we're always in, in, in this state of, uh, of, of I, I can't do anything and, and I'm just going to sit here and, and, and cry and say, God, don't, don't you care that I'm sick? God, don't you care that this is happening in my family? God, don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Uh, obviously, he cares. He cares so much that he came down and he died for us. And not only did he die for us, but he went down to death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He gave us authority over that and to the church. And he says, now, I want you guys, I want you to go out and walk in my authority and speak to these things in your life and so, that, so that you can have the same authority that I had while here on the earth, that you can see the woman with the issue of blood and you can heal her and you can see the leper and you can, you can heal him and you can see the blind man you can heal them and you can speak to the storm when the storm rises up and you're not walking through this earth afraid of every single thing because I have already saved you and I've given you the authority to walk in victory while here on the earth. Amen? Amen. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Just as I am not of this world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world just as I am not of this world. So who anointed Jesus according to Acts 38? It says God the Father anointed Jesus, right? And Jesus said in John 14, 10, the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Remember, we read that first. He says he's the one that does the works. So how did God do the works of healing through Jesus? By anointing him with the Holy Spirit. Remember Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth? with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all those that were sick and oppressed by the devil. 
So what did Jesus do with the anointing that God gave, that God had anointed him with? He went about doing good and healing all those that were sick, right? So God was healing when Jesus healed because it was God who anointed him in the first place. And God is the healer, not the bearer of sickness. And God is the deliverer. He's not the oppressor. And we know this when we're openly preaching about it. But Satan has such a way of twisting when we're in that time of pressure ourselves. When we're in the storm, sitting in this room, none of us are in a storm necessarily. But isn't it funny when the wind blows and the rain comes down, we go, oh God, don't you care? That's the first thing. When we get sick, oh God, don't you care? When something doesn't go the way we thought it should go, oh God, don't you care? Obviously he cares. Isn't it funny how pressure and being faced with death or sickness or uncomfortableness sometimes, Satan gets us to turn on God like that. Rather than turn to faith and stand in our place of authority that Jesus gave us, we turn into the accuser rather than a person of faith. Because it's easy to be a person of faith when there's no pressure. But it's when the pressure of sickness or when we're faced with a bad report or when there's a storm of life bearing down on us, we have these freak out moments where all of a sudden, God, don't you care that we're perishing? Do something. It's your time to shine, God. Do something. God's saying, I did do something. I took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And you may be in this world experiencing the things of this world, but you're not of this world. Just as Jesus wasn't of the world. And if Jesus was in that situation, he would have walked out and he would have stood there and he'd have pointed at the wind and the waves and said, peace be still. If Jesus was in that situation, which when he, when, if you're a believer, Jesus lives on the inside of you, so Jesus is in that situation. But a lot of times we go right back to our flesh and not to faith. Come on now. Is this okay? Notice how many were healed in Acts 10.38. It says all. Healing all that were sick and oppressed by the devil. He healed all those. You know, I said this last week too, that there's an oppression of Satan that accompanies sickness. I didn't say everybody gets possessed. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, that there's an evil spirit in the room. But when, when there's an oppression of sickness there, it may, all that that means is that uh, Satan is the absolute uh, owner and father of that sickness. He's oppressing. Sickness is very oppressing. Doesn't mean that there's an evil spirit possessing you or present with you in sickness. It just means Satan is 100% of the time behind the sickness and he's the author of it, not God. James 5.14. Y'all gonna have to help me because my watch died. So I'll just preach all night. Y'all gonna have to say, whoa, past time. Um, James 5.14 through 16 says, is any sick among you? 
Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of what? Prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven of him. And James was talking to the church. So is there any sick among whom? Among the church, right? So by this statement alone, we can see that it must be God's will to heal any of the sick in the church. Therefore, it can't be God's will that if any are sick in the church. I remember I was uh, praying. There's been several times I've prayed over people. And, um, you know, we, we haven't really gotten into it a whole lot. We're going to do some studying on it. But there's, there's the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think we, we have gone over that, which is um, receiving the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. But then there are the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in those gifts, there is a gift of faith, and there's a gift of working of miracles. And um, there's been several times where I've been praying, and I've, I've, I've talked about this lately with, with people, where I've just been praying, and, and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll just, I'll pray the word. And there's nothing wrong with praying the word. Right here, I'll, I'll take this scripture a lot of times and say, believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? And I, I just, I, I pray that you're healed right now in Jesus' name. Well, that's praying the word. That's using my faith in the word and that's praying the word. But then there's been other times and, and there was one instance I remember the first time I ever did this. I'm praying, I'm laying hands on people, they're, they're, they, they're sick, we did an altar call for anybody that was sick, and, and I'm praying and laying hands on people, and I get, to this, I get to this one person, and sometimes it takes you a little while to recognize things, has to, has to happen to you a couple of times, and so I, at this point in time, I didn't really recognize what it was, now it's happened a few times, I'm, re- I'm beginning to recognize what it is, and it was a gift of faith, special gift of faith, how many of you know you don't have to have the Holy Spirit gift of faith to get saved, but you do have to have faith to get saved. It's two different types of faith, right? There's our faith and believing and not doubting, right? You have to have faith to get saved. But it's not the, it's not the gift of the Holy Spirit, the special gift of faith, all right? Two different things. And so by faith, I was laying hands on people because the Bible says believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So by faith, my faith, I was laying hands on believer. I mean, I was, I was a believer laying hands, doing according to the word of God. But I get to this one man, all of a sudden, some boldness rose up in me and the Holy Spirit said, all, and, and I said it before I even thought about it, and I said, you're healed. And let me, let me get the right terminology. What did I say? I said, um, I said, I think I said, you have to receive. You have to. You have to. I'm like, what do you mean I have to? You have to be healed. Why? I don't know. There was, a, there was a faith that rose up in me, and it was a special gift of faith, and I never thought about it that way. But if I'm a believer and I'm laying hands on you, I'm, a doing, I'm doing according to the word of God, which is the will of God, and if you're up there to receive, then you have to. You have to. He said, well, I thought he wanted to. No, some people don't realize they have to. They just think maybe it will, maybe it won't. That's right. That's right. And you know when somebody received it and when they don't. Of course, a lot of times you don't have the heart. If somebody remains sick, you don't have the heart to say, well, you didn't receive. But you know sometimes. You know sometimes. 
You say, well, how do you know? Well, how many of you know when, when, the, when you touch a stove and it's hot and when it's cold? You say you feel something hot. No, I don't feel anything hot. I just know the difference. I just know the difference. Just like you know, you ever been talking to your kid and you know when it's, when it's sinking in and it's, when it's not? You ever seen your words bounce off the front of your kid's head? Prayers will bounce right off people's hearts. And the reason why is because they're, they're, they're not open to receive that. They're just seeing what might happen. That woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't there to see what might happen. She said within herself, if I touch, I will. The leper even, he said, if it be your will, I know I will be. Jesus said, well, it's my will. I'll, I'll, I'll heal you. There was no question in whether or not Jesus would. They just had to say, well, if, if I'll do this, I know he'll do that. Uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin tells a story about a woman who came down for prayer one night and um, he said, I, I knew, he said it was like, his, his terminology was like laying, laying hands on a cold doorknob. He said, no receptivity, just laid hands on So she went back, he got done praying, looked, turned back around, she was back up there. So he went back over to pray for her and he said, well, well weren't you up here before? And, she said, I was. She said, well, why, 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 are you back for something else? She said, no. She said, I, I came up here the first time to see what you could do. And he said, well, you found that out, didn't you? She said, yeah, nothing. And he said, you're right. I can't do anything. She said, well, my face not in you no more. My face in Jesus. Amen. And said so she got healed that night. Amen? We've got to get to that point. If, we, if, we're, if there's things in the word of God that we have authority over, that we have to get to the point where it's not maybe it'll happen, it might happen. We just got to settle in our heart because Jesus talked about how to receive anything from God. And when he said that, he said, this is, this is how you do it. First of all, you have to have faith in God. <laughs> and second of all, you got to believe in your heart without doubting and then speak it with your mouth. Right? And so we, we've kind of we've scattered around there because there's, there's all those different nuances there. But Right here, James is saying, if there's anyone who's sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them uh, pray over him. Uh, and uh, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. If he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiving of him. Forgiven of him. You know, I, I, wanna, I didn't get to this last week and I, I want to get to it this week. And then I'll let you go. Because a lot of, a lot of people misuse the story of Job. And the reason why they misuse the story of Job is because they, they say that God did that to Job and God did not do that to Job. I don't have time to tell the whole story, but Job was a good man. And the devil said, well, he's a good man right now, but it's because he's, he's never gone through anything bad. I'm paraphrasing. And the devil said, God, if you'll let me, if you'll let me touch Job, I guarantee you he'll, 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 He'll curse you. He'll go against you. Of course, he said, you know, do what you got to do. Just don't strike Job's body at first. So, I mean, Job's, Job's kids got killed. House fell in on them. Livestock died. All kinds of stuff. Horrible stuff. And then, and then the devil touched his body and he got boils all over him and all kinds of stuff. I don't have time to get all into it. Terrible. 
Sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel like things have all just been going great, and then all of a sudden it's just like, what do we say? One thing after another. Job is the ultimate one thing after another. Even Job's wife, because Job wouldn't curse God, he wouldn't turn his back on God, even Job's wife said, why are you still serving him? You ought to curse God and die. No encouragement from anybody. All Job's friends were asking, what did Job do? He must be in sin or something like that for all this to be happening to him. But if you go back and look, God didn't make Job sick. The devil did. And this is something that's a little bit hard for people to understand, but I, but I think I can illustrate it for you. The devil had permission to make Job sick because of the fact that he's the God of this world. He had permission to do it. But he did not have God's commission to do it. There's a difference between permission and commission. Let me, let me explain. If you want to rob a bank, if you want to murder someone, or if you want to bring somebody roses, God permits it. Doesn't he? God doesn't come down here and stop anybody from killing somebody, does he? So he has to, if, if, if he doesn't come down and stop it, then by default he permitted it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are raising kids or have raised kids? Any of your kids ever gone out and done something and got hurt? Anybody? You permitted that to happen. And you know why you permitted it to happen? Because you didn't cage them up and keep them. You gave them what? Freedom. And by their own will, they went out and they got hurt. You permitted it to happen. Did you commission it to happen? You didn't commission it, but you did permit it. So, God permits it because we have free will, but God didn't make you do anything or not do anything. Actually, if you really want to get down to it, I think a lot of people miss this. Job actually opened the door to this attack in his life. One scripture, Job 3.25. This is what Job says. All this stuff is happening to him. Job says this. The thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Now, I don't know about you, but if something just out of the blue happens to me, I don't say I knew it. I just knew that was going to happen to me. I go, my gosh, what just happened? But I've known people that they said their whole life that they would never live to be past a certain age. I've known people that said their whole life, I'll probably die with a heart attack like my uncle or my, my uh, it's hereditary or this and that. You know what happened to them? The thing that they greatly feared came upon them. Well, here's the thing. That's not where Job's story ends. The devil was behind the stealing and the killing and the destroying of Job's life, but God 
was behind the restoration. God's the restorer. God healed Job. When the devil got done with him, God healed Job. He gave him back twice as much as what he had in the, in the beginning. And this is the other thing they did. I thought it was so amazing. He let him live another 140 years to enjoy it. I don't want that many more. And of course, we can't do that. God shortened the years. You know, we're not going to be able to do that. But. And this is the God of the Old Testament. Now, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But his covenant has changed with us. So Job had an Old Testament covenant. We have a New Testament covenant. And the greatest thing about the New Testament covenant is what I talked about earlier. We have loopholes. So we don't just sit there and take what the devil throws at us. Job opened up a door. Satan had freedom to come in because of because through sin. But as believers, we have the ability to stand against attacks. Right? Job had to kind of just wait for him to cease and desist. And then God said, well, let me heal you. Let me give you back double what you, what you had. And then I'm going to let you live another 140 years to enjoy all this. We're living in a dispensation where Jesus has already defeated Satan. And we're believers with the authority that Jesus had. And so when attacks do begin to come, because, because any of us and every, all of us can, can leave cracks in the door, and, and Satan's, uh, he, he's, he's sly, man. He, he, if, if, if we don't have it sewed up completely, that's why I believe praying in the Holy Spirit is so important. Because when the Bible says when you know not what to pray for as you ought to pray uh, with, with tongues, uh, essentially, and that he will, you can pray out the will of God. Well, don't you know the will of God is for your life? He says it in the Word of God. He says that I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, you pray in the Holy Ghost. You know you're praying the will of God. Well, the will of God is that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So if there is any holes in the boat, if there is any places where Satan can sneak in, the Holy Spirit can go around and plug those up for us. But if by chance, all of a sudden things begin to, to get into your life, we still have authority to stand up against that. We don't have to sit there and wait. We don't have to wait for the boils to go away. We don't have to wait for all of our cattle and all of our livestock to go away and for our family to be destroyed. We don't have to do all those things. But, but Satan had permission to come in there and do all that. When he got all that done, God said, you done? My servant still didn't uh, uh, go against me. My servant still didn't curse me. And so you can't touch him ever again. I'm going to give him back double what you took from him. And I'm going to give him 140 years to enjoy all that. Amen? Most of the time we're like the disciples in the boat. God, don't you care? Come on. Let's see if I just got a couple more scriptures for you. Hebrews 8, 6 says, but now... Talking about Jesus, Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Jesus, the healer, is the mediator of a better covenant with God than, we had with, than, than what he had with Job. If God would heal him, restore him, give him double and prolong his life, then he will certainly do that for us now that, now, uh, uh, that we have a better covenant established on better promises and uh, I'll give you one of those better promises, Romans eight eleven. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, this is the better promise. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. 
What's better than having the healer actually living in us? The Holy Spirit lives in us, and He's able to quicken our mortal bodies. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Last scripture, last two scriptures, sorry. Philippians 2.13. For it is God which works in you both to will and do of His good pleasure. 1 Peter 2.24. Who His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree that we being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Not going to be, but were, are currently healed. Amen? Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm sitting right there in the pews with you. Because I know me, I, 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 something, I'll get a sniffle or something like that and and uh, I'll just say, well, I'll be all right in a few days. And I'll just kind of curl up and listen, if you need a day off, just take a day off. Don't use sickness as a reason to stop, to not go to work. All right. We ought to treat sickness like we would treat a rattlesnake in our house. Come on now. If you need a day off, just, just stand and believe and say, I'm healed in Jesus name. Get healed and then call your work and say, I need a day off. Don't use sickness as a way to get out of things. Come on now. Speak to it. Some of y'all smiling at me. You know you've done it before. Oh, I don't feel too good. Oh, lay down. <clears throat> I don't feel so good. I'm not going in today. Listen, get healed and then take the day off if you need a day off. But don't play with sickness. Don't play with poverty. You know, God's not into poverty. Come on now. He's not into it. Why? Because he's not, he's not a God of poverty. <clears throat> he doesn't look down on people in poverty. But he says he wishes above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Yeah. Amen? Okay. Is this okay? Good. Stand up on your feet. Father, we thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you. I know that as, as, as I preach tonight, there, probably, uh, there may be people in here that need healing, but probably more than, more than even that, they, uh, that, there are people in, in our lives that uh, begin to come up in our spirit. So we just begin to pray for them right now. And we thank you, Father, where there's cancer in people's bodies. Lord, that we speak to that cancer right now and we rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. And we say, dry up. Dry up from the roots in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that they are healed and whole. And if we have that opportunity, Lord, to go and lay hands on them and pray for them, we'll take that opportunity. And I thank you, Father, that if there, there is any person that's dealing with any kind of mental sickness or any kind of uh, uh, um, just being um, in delusion or, or anything like that uh, uh, that's, that's driving their family away, any kind of uh, drug addiction or alcohol addiction or anything like that, we rebuke that in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that they are healed and whole, that, that whatever that is in their mind, whatever that is in their emotions and their chemical makeup that is not. Uh, running properly and smoothly. We speak to that and we command their body to line up. We command uh, their, 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 the chemicals in their body to line up in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, right now for health and healing in our church. Lord, health and healing amongst our ranks, Father. Lord, that every single person in our church, Lord, if they're uh, chronic illness or, or anything like that, so just, just regular old household sickness, Lord, we stand against that in Jesus' name. We proclaim that we have a house of health right now 
now in Jesus' name, not a house where, where sickness is allowed to just walk around freely, but we deal with that right now. And we speak the mighty name of Jesus. And we say the blood of Jesus is painted over the doorposts of this place, is painted over the doorposts of the houses that represent this place. And we thank you, Father, Lord, for health and healing in our lives. Lord, we thank you, Father, that, that every need is met, financial need is met in every home represented here, Father. And Lord, we just thank you for that, and we praise you for that in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Again, thanks for joining us today. We hope that this podcast blessed you. Uh, If you'd like to contact us, all of our contact information or come see us, uh, all of our location information is on our website, www.woftx.com. We hope to see you soon.